0: Everybody and welcome to RP Gamer uh, Q&A Quest episode. What number is it now? Let's see. Let's see. 97. Oh dear! Can you believe it? We've actually made it this far. That's almost triple digits. I mean, I'm not sure I ever believed we'd actually get this far. Um, so we need to celebrate in three weeks. Yeah. Everybody, everybody, let's think of some good ideas. I am your frequently recurring guest host, Michael Baker, a.k.a. Gaiji Monogatari out of Japan, with a nearly empty week of exams, where I have nothing better to do but play video games. Hooray! I will not be doing this, probably, but hooray! And with us, as literally always, because we cannot do the show without him...
1: Uh, Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, Um, currently sitting in a pile of Starlink toys... That I've become hopelessly what? addicted to. Of what toys? Starlink. Starlink. So it's the latest uh, toys to life thing. Okay. Think, um, imagine, if you will, mm-hmm. a Star Fox-ish game. In the case, uh-huh. in the case of the Nintendo Switch version, it literally has Star Fox in it. Um, mashed together with an open-world Ubisoft game. Uh-huh. Plus toys-to-life nonsense. And you have
0: Starlink. See, aside from the Amiibos, that kind of thing has never really caught on in Japan. And even then, you can argue a... that the Amiibos really haven't caught on that much, except that everyone likes the little figurines. <laughs> but I don't, think, I don't know of any other company besides Nintendo that's even trying that kind of thing in Japan.
2: Yeah,
1: well, I was kind of surprised they did it at all, because I thought that fad was basically... Uh, well, well, and truly dead after uh, Lego Dimension, Lego Dimensions went down, uh-huh. and yeah, and the latest Skylander was, uh, as far as I could tell, bombed a
0: lot. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean that's the nice thing about Japan is if you can get a fad to stick over here, it stays for a while. Ah, uh,
1: well. Ubisoft naturally went with uh, the smart idea, and the toys-to-life stuff is not required at all. Very good. To it's the point. Kind of, yeah. To the kind of bonus. Yeah. To the point where, if you buy the digital version, you actually get more like ships and weapons and pilots than you do uh, the addition with the physical stuff.
0: It's interesting.
1: Yep.
2: Hmm. Uh,
1: But yeah, as far as the actual gameplay, it's, you know, pretty standard, like, spaceship combat. There's, like, a bunch of planets you can explore, and, um... Anything like... Anything
0: like... Anything like what? Eve? Eve? I have not played it. Neither have I, but I know too many people who have and love to share screenshots.
1: It's possible, I mean... People seem to be comparing it to, uh, what the heck is the name of that game, Um, uh, No Man's Sky, but that game has like billions of procedurally generated planets, and this has like eight I think not procedurally generated planets, so not quite as huge, but it's, um, and obviously it's a bit more straightforward, but I think that's kind of to the game's credit. Like, if you want a game where you can just go in, have some space combat, mess around with some cool weapons, like, um, I wouldn't say it's an RPG, but it's definitely got RPG elements where, like, you level up your ship and stuff, and you can find mods that tweak the properties of your ship and your weapons, like, say, do... 30% 30% more damage or add special effects to the attack. Stuff like that. So it's kind of uh, tons and tons of min-maxing.
0: See, when you said Starling toys, I was thinking you're, you're neck deep in plush stuffed birds. <laughs> Muku, uh, Okay.
1: Not quite.
0: I think my daughter would appreciate that more. Probably.
1: Uh, my, my daughter's big thing is Blaze and Mo- the Monster Machines.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Again, no idea. My daughter's big thing is Curious George.
1: Ah, Curious George. The timeless classic.
0: <laughs> yep. Because they, they've they got like 100-something episodes on Infinite Rerun.
1: Nice. Um,
0: <laughs> but, yeah, she's also into big into her stuffed animal collection. Nice. Yep. So she has my former classroom mascot. Did you ever see the pictures of that thing? Oh, I think so. It's a stuffed pig that is still slightly bigger than she is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, among other stuffed animals, um, my wife went to a school culture fair at her old junior high school a couple weeks ago, and they're, they usually, like, want, some of the clubs will be selling grab bags of old toys nice. for, like, a couple hundred in each. And so the mom's always talk her into buying, like, one or two, a couple bags at the very end when they're just trying to get rid of stuff for ridiculous discounts. So she got, like, two large bags of stuffed animals for a 100 yen. Nice. Including three different generations of Pikachu. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, yeah, m- my wife was, like, nerd when I pointed this out, but the the three different Pikachus are have different body proportions that match three different uh, <laughs> decades of the game. <laughs> 1997, according to its tag. Wow. The next one's like 2006 or 2007. I'm not sure which, because part of the tag is erased. And the most recent one is from like two years ago. So, I mean, literally, three different decades of Pikachu. And has decided that one's mommy, one's daddy, and one's baby.
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds about like what my daughter does as well. With stuffed animals, like she yeah. had, she had, um, uh, she, she has like a uh, a ratchet and clank mm-hmm. uh, stuffed animal, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I one day I was like, oh, you got ratchet? And she's like, oh, nothing. It's
0: like, no, that's the baby. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, yep. carry on. Yeah, one of the other stuffed animals um, is apparently from a recent animated movie called Daydream Princess in Japanese, I think. Um, I know I've seen it in the video stores, but I never bothered to really check it out. But it looks like a little fox and like a blue fox in a Renaissance outfit, and she's convinced it's a tanuki. <laughs> so, which she likes tanuki too. Nice. Especially since we saw a couple walking home from the park a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. A little early for them, or a little early in the evening for them to be out, but yeah, they just ran straight across the street <laughs> in front of our apartment. Okay. So, shall we actually dig into a question? Yeah, I guess we should. Okay. See, Budai, as always, asks: "What? Is Dragon 2 or the new Dragon Quest Monsters game? Yeah. Oh, you
1: you cut out for a second there. Let me. Oh, sorry.
0: <clears throat> if you could only have one, at the sake of the other, would you take Dragon Quest Builders 2 or the new Dragon Quest Monsters game? Mmm, that's a tough call. That is a tough call. I know. I mean, I haven't really played any of the monsters games since Caravan Heart, which was a very strange variation on the theme, <laughs> um, and. Um, my only use for the series in recent years has been as a source of good graphics for monsters in tabletop games well, they, they do have tons of good graphics that's for sure oh yeah hmm. so um, and I I remembered kind of enjoying Dragon Quest Builders when I tried the demo a couple of years ago at Tokyo Game Show I said I'll go with Dragon Quest Builders too
1: I, I think I'd have to go with that, especially because it's got multiplayer now. Because mm-hmm. it's basically Minecraft, only not, like, a game based on ancient tech like Minecraft is. Like, uh, I'm impressed that so many kids can actually play that game, because it's it's just so backwards at this point. You know, the, the first...
0: I mean, they sell Lego sets for Minecraft over here. They sell model kits for it. They sell figurines for it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The the Minecraft Legos is just weird to me. I mean, I used to make stuff that looked about as good as a Minecraft model with regular Legos. Yeah. Back when I I was... Right?
1: Yeah. But, I mean, Dragon Quest Builder is basically prettier Minecraft with the fun story. Yes. And if the sequel's more of that, I think I'd take more of that. Like At this point, um, it's not, I mean, that's not to condemn the Monsters games at all, because most of them are fun. Um, But, you know, not really itching for another one as much as I am another Builders, that's for sure. Plus, I mean, at this point, if we're talking about, like, selling a game that's actually going to sell here um, a 3DS game would not be it
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, but now but if you could give up both of them to have Dragon Quest Yangus remade for your Playstation 4 would you?
1: Oh absolutely in a heartbeat
0: Okay, Okay. just checking to make sure we have our priorities straight of course Well, okay, we're continuing sort of in this vein. Budai continues to ask, actually about, let's see, 50 minutes later. Name a game or two that you really want to replay but haven't yet. Hmm, That is a good question. Let's see, I've got my DS case right here. Let's see what (laughs) i got in here. Let's see, okay. Story DS, Metal Max 2 and 3. Uh, Saga 3, Saga 2 as well. well. Tell Elena and three, three times before I even wrote the reviews. Um him here. Endless Frontier Exceed, I really should do that again sometime. Nino Kuni? Sure, eventually. Uh, Magical Vacation 2. Yeah, I need to do that again sometime. Pokemon Conquest, sure. Metabot DS, not until I do seven, eight, and nine. S Hmm. I don't remember when I got this one. I'm still not sure if I'm going to play it. Hmm. We'll we shall see. It. Oh, and at the very front, Dungeons and Dam. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's a it's a weird kind of real time strategy RPG kind of thing, where um your characters live in this town that is built up around this ancient dam, like. Like, I mean, if you took, like, uh, Worlds of Warcraft and put a a version of the Hoover Dam in there, (laughs) that's what the place would look like. Um, And so, yeah, they were just literally at the foot of this dam, and there's um, random, this weird dungeon thing opening up in the area and spilling monsters out to attack the dam. So... (laughs) Your characters are organizing a nightly defense of the town through whatever the du- whichever dungeon is currently open, and with the ability to flood the place on occasion. Huh. Yeah. Um, it was supposedly going to be uh, localized into English at one point back in 2009, according to Max Storm back 2009, and then nothing happened. Hmm. Which I'm willing to bet that somebody somebody was giving a once-over to uh, assess problematic points in the story, and hit the point in chapter seven where it's revealed that one of the twin sisters is the twin brother. Aha! Uh-huh. And he he is quite surprised that nobody else, he, um, thought that everyone else thought he was the girl because after all he uses "boku" as his personal pronoun. Hmm. And everyone else just assumed that she was a Boku-chan type character. <laughs> tomboy who uses Boku as a personal pronoun. But yeah. Yeah,
1: it sounds like I, it would have okay. had all kinds of problems here.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and seeing, then back on the shelves in the other room, I've got a bunch of Game Boy Advance games that I'm probably going to replay soonish. I mean, I just finished um, Tactics over Night of Lotus. Nice. That's one. Aka one of the, one of the easiest tactical RPGs to live in that I have ever seen. <laughs> That's
1: one I need to play through a first time. Yeah. Still. Well, just
0: for reference, um, at any point on the map, um, you can just put your guys into a training battle and just set up two, um, two squads of your own guys against each other. Set both sides to computer control and go do dishes. <laughs> Um, depending on how many you put in there on each side and whether or not they have healing ability on either side, because they don't—they won't use items, but they will use healing spells. Um, I think from start to finish, it took an hour and a half for one of these training battles to finish where one side got wiped out. Wow. Partly because they don't necessarily use the smartest tactics to fight each other, but... Um, yeah, I I took a couple characters up from level one to level twenty seven in less than a day, <laughs> In my quest to make one of them an angel knight.
1: <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the old trick you could use in Final Fantasy VI to level everyone Which one? up real quick. Uh, the one involving like the raft sequence. Uh huh. Uh, the during the part where you're like, there's it splits into three different. Sub stories, and mm-hmm. you can just uh, you just put something like on the A button, and you have to do like you have to set it to uh, the cursor to memory, so that mm-hmm. uh, the guest character I can't remember his name Bannon or something. Uh, yeah, yeah our... uh, does his heel move every time? So, and mm-hmm. if you leave it just on A, um, leave the A button down, it will go through like a loop in the wrap sequence. Like, it'll keep going around a big circle, and obviously it'll keep kind of auto-going through all the random
0: battles, and you could level up super quick that way. <laughs> wow, yet another way in which Final Fantasy VI is slightly broken. Yep. Yep. At least this way, it does not actually destroy the game. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean, that,
1: so, not, not that you ever really need to do that because Final Fantasy 6 isn't that hard, so.
0: It's also the only game in the series where a wipeout in battle will take you to the last previous save spot. Yep. I really wish Final Fantasy 10 did that. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, speaking mm. of which,
1: that's a game I need to replay as well.
0: Well, if you'd like the Vita version in Japanese, I've got it. <laughs>
1: I actually have it on Vita and PS4, and I think I have like a a playthrough like a few hours in or something. I just need to sit down and take the time. That and Final Fantasy XII I really want to replay. But Mm -hmm. at at this point I'm waiting for the Switch version of Final Fantasy XII. But I mean, there's there's tons of stuff I'd love to replay. It's just like a matter of trying to find the time to actually do so.
0: Always an issue, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. That's why I've, I've still have not actually played Fallout for PlayStation Three, even though I've had it for <laughs> several years. Like, have the free time to, or enough free time with the PlayStation Three to even really try for it. <sighs> okay. So, any other games that you would want to replay?
1: Um, Saga Two. I've replayed the original a bunch of times, mostly because for the longest time it was like my only Game <laughs> Boy game. Uh, I know the
0: few for many years it was one of the few things that you could rent from far more near my house.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, at this point, I would love to just go back and dig into that one a lot more, and obviously finally finish the remake at some point. But really, spend some, spend more time with the original because I feel like I. I never spent as much time as I I, I wish I could I think I spent more time with 3 which is unfortunate
0: oh I know I spent more time with 3 because it takes longer to level grind in that uh, game Yeah, uh, that, that too it
1: yeah. takes longer to do anything in that game really
0: yeah at least for the original version again yeah. DS remake much better yeah love love
1: the DS remake uh
0: how about that
1: um Shining Force 3 is one that's been on my list to replay for a long, long, long time partly because I want to obviously eventually play through like the, uh, the fan translations but going back to that I found to be pretty difficult because um, well, number one, playing the Saturn is never exactly easy. Trying to play emulation also can be problematic. Um, It's just kind of a long, slow game, so Uh, I mean, I've played a lot of Fire Emblem lately. I should probably just try and sit down and just play that damn
0: game. Part of my problem is I've got over 100 reviewed games, and probably a couple dozen more played but never reviewed, and many of them were quite worthy of replays. Yeah, but I, there's simply not enough time in the world. <laughs> I mean, right now, just for just for giggles, um, I just put in my copy of Metal Saga: Season of Steel. And uh, reminding myself of how it is both better and much worse than you now. <laughs> um, specifically, the point where I stopped playing it through the last replay was because I could not get a boss's location to show up on the map. Ooh. And um, unlike every other game in the series, this one has um, a map setup similar to Mystic Quest, where every spot is connected by paths. Ooh. And you have to un a, a spot in order to go there. But you can, some, you can often still see the path leading to it. So I had already busted up all of these little anthills. I knew exactly where which direction the boss was supposed to be. I could not get to the entrance to her lair. And I couldn't figure out why it wasn't triggering. <laughs> As it turns out, um, I had to go back to the closest town and ask the guy at the hunter's office for details about the monster. <laughs> Which, yes, I know normally it's supposed to be the first thing you do about when going to a new town in this series, but at the same time, most of these monsters will trigger whether you know about them or not, especially if you do not. Um, so, I keep forgetting that this game has a lot more plot flags than any other one in the series. So, anyway, yeah, Thousand Eve is dead now. She, is a, she was a giant ant queen with a lower body that was actually like an anti-gravity device. So she kind of floated in the air. Nice. It was weird. Yep. And she summoned lots of ant soldiers. <laughs> so next is Super Takana. So he was fun in his own way. I think he, he looks like a pudgy, balding... Japanese salary man with an exoskeleton. <laughs> I mean, it's like um, not not a full one, but just one of those things that it's um, built into his back and it's got bits running down his arms and legs to give him stronger, greater strength support. He's, he's also a bit nuts. But, I mean, that's Muteki me Medical for you. Okay, there's a good question, Wheels. Um, well, you have you've played parts of different Metal Max games at this point, right? Yes. So, what elements would you want to see in Metal Max Xeno 2? Uh, With, taking for granted that Metal Max Xeno needed a lot of other things to make it a better game. Sure. Uh, for starters,
1: it's got to be... The over-the-top factor has to be there. And, yeah. And it can't take itself too seriously. Like, that's the thing that hit me Like as soon as I started playing Xeno. It's like... It, 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 uh, is this like a parody <laughs> or are they really taking taking this, this seriously I really couldn't tell
0: yeah first, I would say first things first have have factions have more characters have a rival survivor group that really doesn't like yours um have something to help like I'm not going to say humanize the robot menace, but to personalize it. I guess. Um, I mean, in Metal Max and Metal Saga: Season of Steel, you got you very much had the impression that Noah really hates you. <laughs> I mean, you only ever you barely knew about Noah before you fight it in Metal Max, but it still really hates you. And. Um, like in, in *Season of Steel*, you've got the Overlord, which I think I told you about is the giant hovering weapons platform that you have to you, that you have to blast out of the sky before you can board it to get into the final level. Mm. So, with the wonderful, wonderful trick of you have to beat the final level before you can beat the final level. Wait, what? <laughs> Seriously, in order, to, in order to enter the final level to reach the spot where you can activate the final boss and end the, the local threat completely, you have to beat the exterior of the final level and force it to crash into the mountain. Oh, what? <laughs> Seriously, for the, entire, for the entire game, this of a small town is hovering over the western half of the map you can run into it on the on the main map at any time and probably get yourself killed. <laughs> yes. So again, yes, you do have to beat the final bo- um, final dungeon before you can beat the final dungeon.
1: <laughs> Weird. See, this Weird. is more
0: this but is cool. more like what I was hoping for. Yes. I mean, seriously, I told you, I know I told you this before too, but I was really hoping that the final boss of Xeno would turn out to be the final level of Xeno. Hmm. Where you beat the bot, where you beat Catastrophus, and then you can walk inside it to de- to deactivate stuff. <laughs> and possibly fight the main character as a, like, remote-controlled robot now. Or something like that. But no, that did not happen. So. Yep. But yeah, um just rival factions more more variety in threats um more variety in architecture and dungeon design and everything so I mean again going back to the one I'm playing right now the the little black sheep of the series on the DS um I mean among the various towns you've got one that is a bunch of skyscrapers that are almost completely underwater They've been, some of the lower floors have been reinforced so they're not flooded. But you can see and watch the fish through them. Um, there's one town that is a subway station. So the actual um, inn and shops are all in one of the subway cars. And um, there's another one that used to be a meat packing plant, it's now a fish packing plant. Um, there's the mob town that is run out of a department store turned hotel. And what else is there? There's old factory town, and... Oh, yeah. Uh, the town full of Santa worshippers. <laughs> is that for real? For real. That is uh, great. The, the people in this one little town in the middle of nowhere, during the Great Destruction, they were rescued by a maniac in a red suit driving a tank. <laughs> Who they have somehow conflated with Santa Claus. So they, they have a sacred tree decorated properly up on the hill all year round. And they firmly <laughs> believe that one day their saviour will come down the chimney. Guess how you arrive in this town? Down a stone chimney from flip above. <laughs> so they tell you where to find the um find your old tank. And yes, they, they do actually dress up in Santa suits and the men all have beards perfect yeah so yeah but, but yeah so many things they could have put into that game to make it better yeah. I mean simply giving some sort of plot reason for half the wanted monsters to exist would be
1: so maybe don't use something called an, an extinction meter <laughs> And that's yeah it was new but it's kind of par for the course um, yeah. uh, what I would not but I don't think they need to change at all or just the base, turn-based combat worked for me.
0: Oh, that part has not changed much at all in the last four games. Um, Yeah, I mean Season of Steel is kind of the transitional game where if you play Metal Saga for PS2, you get the old-style gameplay and in the DS game here, you get, like, everybody gets three different weapons equipped and you can choose between them and there's A better definition between attack, I mean, um, weapon types and things like that, but it also does not yet have things like indicators for what a weapon's range is. Hmm. So, I mean, it will say this weapon has a fan attack. It won't show you which enemies get hit by it. So, um, obviously, from the next game on, Metal Max Two or Metal Max Three onward, any weapon that has a Line attack, a fan attack, a variable range attack, or a minimum safe distance. These are all marked um, in targeting on the, map, on the battle map. So so fun, fun. And touch controls. Ugh. <laughs> the, the one thing that was really holding this game back from getting a better score was the touch controls. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, that kind of turned me off immediately. I'm like, uh...
0: I mean, this is a DS game, dudes. There are literally 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 buttons (laughs) on this device, and none of them do anything. (laughs) Oh, well. So, since we're complaining about controls, should we move on to Shaman's question here? Yes, that's probably a good idea. Uh... So, Shaman asks... In light of the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad motion controls in The World Ends With You Final Remix, Docked, and Pokemon Let's Go, both of them, um, is there an example of a good RPG with motion controls?
1: Well, if those are his idea of bad motion controls,
0: then he's not going to like anything, so I don't really know how to answer the question. I haven't really played either of them. Um, I mean, all I can think is LARPing. Uh, so for
1: for Pokemon, the only motion controls are when you're catching Pokemon, and you just just like waggle the Joy-Con. It's not really a big deal. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing in if you're playing like in undocked mode, yeah, there aren't motion controls at all. So it's it's kind of silly, but I mean it's it's a game designed for people coming from Pokemon Go into a main Pokemon title, so uh, generally speaking, it's not designed for like us or anyone that... any person likely listening to this show.
0: <laughs> no, but it's going to be very popular with the kids. Yep.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. The motion controls and that are fine. As for um, The World Ends With You on Switch in docked mode... Uh there's not really a lot they could do with it, because they obviously weren't gonna spend the money to completely rework the controls to be used with buttons. So all it is is you're using you're basically using a Joy-Con like a Wii Remote and moving a pointer and basically playing the game like you would on a tablet. So I, I don't even know if that qualifies as motion controls, it's more like pointer controls, I guess. But I mean neither of those is especially terrible. But I mean, back to the original question, I don't, um, what RPG really needs motion controls that, uh, I, I don't know?
0: Um, Dragon Quest Swords.
1: Okay, that's... That's not the only one I can think of. Yeah. Uh, if you count Zelda Skyward Sword, which I would say that has awesome motion controls, so I guess you can use that as, we already have an answer to this question.
0: Mm-hmm. Too bad, uh, Legend of Zelda StratoCaster Sword was a joke for April Fools. Do <laughs> really, you, you remember that particular April Fools' joke? No, I don't. It was actually it may have been before you even started here, but it was somebody wrote a joke review about a version a Zelda game using the Guitar Hero controller, <laughs> taking place uh. taking place in what was essentially Grand Theft Auto Hyrule. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Uh,
1: yeah, what was I going to say? Um, but yeah, I guess that answers the question. If, uh, Skyward Sword is your example of a good RPG with motion controls. But, I mean, motion controls are, don't really need it in an RPG. And, I mean, generally speaking, cause since you know many of us love turn-based RPGs and whatnot, RPGs are generally using stuff to replace doing any sort of action, or in the case of like action RPGs, they're generally replacing skill with you know equipment and stats and stuff like that. So generally, not a genre where we need too much in the way of motion.
0: I mean, as Except... I said, unless you're finding some way of managing to take the live action out of larping yeah that would be interesting so basically um, not, um basically if you recreated the hollow deck from Star Trek <laughs> and created an RPG to work through in that kind of system, that would technically be motion controls there you go yes
1: if you made like harvest moon with intricate motion controls that could be interesting
0: and really tedious yes. <laughs> And very very uh, tedious. How about truck driver? <laughs> Is that an RPG though? Well, technically, you are playing a role in somebody's life. It's just an incredibly tedious ten-hour role. Touche. And you can't even you can't even fall asleep in the middle of it because the stupid game continuously pulls to the right. Apparently.
1: <laughs> that would be that would be interesting to watch someone else play it, not me playing <laughs> yep. uh, but yeah that, that, that's about it for this I mean, Shaman, I encourage you to get the Pokeball controller for Let's Go Pikachu and that may change your mind about the motion controls in that game, because the thing vibrates along with the Pokeball on screen as you're capturing a Pokemon and even like makes the noise of whatever you just caught it's, it's great it's just great.
0: <laughs> oh, Alright, what else do we got? Let's see, next one. Uh, Boudai, of course. Favorite Castlevania? I've never actually played most of the Castlevania games, um, so I'm going to go with Shanti, the original for Game Boy Color, because that was a Castlevania style game. There you go. In, in the style of Castlevania 2, if I remember right.
1: I feel like I should just troll our listeners and say Lords of Shadow.
0: That you just announce that you're trolling, and then you know that you're not <laughs> serious.
1: Uh, so, um, yeah. Symphony of the Night, for sure. Yeah. Obvious answer, but it's really good, so... I-, I can't really pick anything else. I love a lot of the portable games that are similar to Symphony of the Night, but none of them are as good, so... At least presentation-wise. Some of them are probably better gameplay-wise, but, like, music... Presentation, ridiculous voice acting, etc. It's got to be Symphony Then.
0: Okay. And his other question: favorite non-square SNES RPG, which is a bit tougher than I thought at first because you know they had a huge portion of the good games on that system.
1: Yeah. Um. <sighs> Um,
0: crap, that's a tough question
1: can we do Enix RPGs
0: since they were technically separate at the time I'm going to assume so because the first one on my list would probably be Terranigma yeah and mine would probably be Illusion of Gaia yeah the the Blazer series Yeah. I mean Ogre Battle technically yeah Ogre Battle and Tactics Ogre Let Us Cling Together were both pre-Square and uh, Luthia too. Uh, Another good one I have not played yet. You really should, and do not... I mean, I'm going from just reputation here. Don't try the DS version. Okay. Because the Super Nintendo version has all the puzzles. And the DS version skips them. Really? I mean, it's a complete remake, to the point where it's not even technically the same subgenre of RPG. That's weird. So, yeah. Um... The original game is... um, I mean, it's like a turn-based Zelda in a lot of ways. I mean, it's got elements from... I mean, it's got dungeon-nearing elements from Zelda, and, like, um, enemies and environment things will move according to uh, basically a turn order similar to um, to, uh, Shirin. Huh. I mean, the battles are full regular turn-based, but you um, you see the enemies on the floor of the dungeon, and they will move with you.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what else is there that's non-square?
0: They really did a lot, huh? Yeah. I mean, Dragon Quest is going to be on this list anyway, no matter what. For sure. Yeah, that's the other big one.
1: I'd love to say like some of the East games, but uh, they were terrible on Super Nintendo, so I will not. <laughs> Especially East Three. Uh, man, they just Front Mission. That was on. That, that was a Square game. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Uh, man, I'm really just drawing a blank. Sheer It was on Super Nintendo.
0: Yeah, it was on everything at this point. Um, um, I mean, there were tons of RPGs on Super Nintendo, but a lot of them were just little fly-by-night companies, or published under the Enix Aegis. Um, Or just were so not memorable that nobody remembers them. Um,
1: Eye of the Beholder was always one of my favorite Super Nintendo games, but that's... I don't think that really counts since that's just a PC port. Yep. Oh, Earthbound. (laughs) How could I forget Earthbound? It's like the obvious answer here. (laughs) Very much Yeah, Earthbound's gonna be my answer for sure.
0: Okay. Safe as the pickles.
1: Yep.
0: From the... yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking of several more games that were really good, but you would never have heard of them. Such as? Down um, down the Wall. Yeah, I've not heard of that. Brainlord. I've
1: not heard of that.
0: Um, Robotrek.
1: I have heard of that. Odyssey. have not heard of that.
0: Um, Well, I, I could barely figure out what was going on in that game, so it wouldn't be the <laughs> Um, of course, Metal Max 2. I really should have said Metal Max 2 as well. And Metal Max Returns. Uh, um, huh. Hmm. Not sure. Oh. Uh,
1: no, those are Square. <laughs> Every time I think, oh! Oh wait, that's a Square game. Which one? I was about to say Romancing Saga, which is the uh, one of the most obvious Square games.
0: Yeah, that Treasure of the Rudras, Treasure Energy, a few yeah. others. Yeah.
1: Uh, did you ever play the Lord of the...
0: No, but I, I did play the old Activision one for PC.
1: Uh, buggiest Super Nintendo games I've ever played.
0: <laughs> Ooh, that's saying something.
1: Yeah. Like, items wouldn't appear. I was able to uh, kill ring race, which you should not be able to do. <laughs> Considering the game only is only covers the fellowship of the Rings. Banished sure, but yeah. I mean most annoying of all it used a password system, so it was kind of uh. a garbage game. Of a game. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> is that all we have for questions? Pretty much yeah. We should double check and make sure we didn't miss anything from last time. Uh, Batista, Gaming Mount Rushmore, Kingdom Hearts 3. I
0: think we did all yeah, this. We only had four responses on the last one, and three of them were Budai. Alright, well... And it's been about an hour, hasn't it?
1: It has, yes.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Okay, well, um, well, what are you actually playing right now besides Starlings? <laughs> besides Starlink? Uh, so...
1: Having played a little bit of uh, Let's Go EV with my son, I went back and picked up Pokémon Moon, which I've had sitting around unfinished for a while, and put in like another five hours into that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I don't—I'm not really sure what ever stopped me from playing it. It's—it's uh, it's definitely my favorite game in the series, uh, which is saying a lot because I haven't finished most of the games in the series. Uh, but they'll probably be finishing through that, and yeah, I'll like, actually probably restart it in Pokemon Ultra Moon at some point. Been enjoying that; it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I've also been playing a lot of Diablo 3 on Switch, which is that game is very ideal in portable mode, and also East East 8 I've gone back to and tried trying to finally finish that. Trying to... Really trying to go back and polish off lots of things I've left hanging. Um, uh, Alliance Alive is probably going to be my lunch break game for a while until I finish it. And... I was briefly distracted from that because I went back to Fire Emblem Fates again to to try and uh, dig into the third chapter. Or the third um, campaign of that. But I mean, yeah, other than that... um, so I got Starlink. I, the only reason I got Starlink, really, was because they had a Black Friday deal where it was like $34 for the starter set. So I was like, well, I, I you don't need the toys for life. I'll get like, i get, like, the, um... I'll get Starfox's ship. I can put it on my desk or something. That'll be cool, and I won't have to use the toys-to-life stuff at all. And then I actually got it. I was like, well, I'll actually try it with this stupid mount... That you put Joy-Cons in, you basically have a little starship on your controller. It's like, oh, this is kind of cool. Oh, you can pull out the weapons in real time and swap. This is pretty neat. And yeah, uh, bought another ship. I'm probably going to buy another ship tomorrow and a few weapon packs. And I think I'm long past the point where I can say, yeah, I got this to play with the kids with. <laughs> so I'm really having a lot of fun with that, but yeah. Uh, trying to finish, trying to finish things. Which, if you listen to the show, you should know that.
0: Yeah. Well, over here, um, apparently there is a new adventure RPG in the style of of uh, Quest for Glory coming out next, or in next sometime next year, early, maybe January or so. And so, RP Gamer got sent a "Hey, check this out" email specifically name-dropping me <laughs> nice. because of the hero you review last summer nice. so i am i'm trying out the reviewers preview of this and i really should get back to it because i haven't had much time alone where i can actually turn the sound on and play stuff on the computer <laughs> so
1: yes having young children can make gameplay pretty difficult sometimes yes
0: okay Well, I guess I should let you go get some sleep, because what time is it over there? It's only 10.40, and I'm a night owl. Oh, yeah, daylight savings switched around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's now one hour earlier than I expected to be over there.
1: Yep. I hate daylight savings time. It's so ridiculous. (laughs) Yep. But, whatever. Whatever. no it seems intent I'm trying to get rid of it so I think we're pretty much stuck with it. Yeah.
0: I mean, it makes you wonder why are we why are so many willing to just hold on to this really annoying like socially useless tradition.
1: Yeah, I don't know and uh, I have I've never gotten a satisfactory fa- satisfactory explanation as to why we're doing this. So, I guess, still. is it just tradition at this point? I don't. Is this like a thing for farmers that we're still forcing the entire country thing to is, go this,
0: through? I mean, the thing is, a lot of the farmers didn't like it. I mean, the, <laughs> is the reason why in the end it's for a long time. <laughs> because if you switch the hours around like that, sure, they've got more daylight at certain times of day, but it throws the cows off.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. I think there's parts of the US that don't don't do it as well.
0: Indiana and
1: Yeah. So I guess it's time to move to Indiana.
0: Uh
1: I think I may be losing you.
0: Um there was an old uh, Nickelodeon there. there was an old Nickelodeon series called Eerie Indiana that was kind of a Twilight Zone or early version of Gravity Falls, kind of TV show. I think
1: I remember that show.
0: And there was one episode the main character was just annoyed because Indiana didn't do daylight savings time, and he wanted his extra hour of the day, so he just switched his watch anyway. And he found himself caught in a, like, literally a lost hour of the day, like a time vortex. <laughs> He's being chased by these guys in dark suits who were trying to eliminate um, like mistakes from the time space continuum wow yeah that was pretty cool and his only contact with the outside world was through the missing children picture on the milk carton <laughs> yeah so he had to he had to manage to contact his brother through the milk carton and tell his brother to switch the watch back to the correct time so yeah I want
1: to dig up that show and if it even ex- still, if it's even
0: still ex- accessible anywhere I have no idea that's the only episode I actually saw I think. <laughs> actually no. that and the episode where the the lady who was doing eye exams for the elementary school was actually secretly brainwashing students Uh, uh that's that rings a bell see we we never had Nickelodeon
1: growing up but my grandparents did so like whenever we went there my same here my brother and I would like sit in their TV room and like binge watch Nickelodeon
0: yeah uh, pretty much the same over here I mean one Christmas my grandmother gave me an eight hour VHS tape full of uh, Mysterious Cities of Gold episodes nice yes it was missing the first three episodes and a couple in the middle and most of the final plot so (laughs) (laughs) it was pretty good yeah so, yeah, eventually I just tracked it down, tracked down the Japanese version over here from the video store and just watched it all in Japanese. Nice. Well, nice, except that the Japanese theme song isn't nearly as good as the English one.
1: Oh. Yeah. Man, now I feel like going back and watching some Ren and Stimpy and, and whatnot. <laughs>
0: yeah, I wasn't as big a fan of Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. The, the gross for gross sake stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah, I probably wouldn't like it as much as I did then probably mostly a uh, this is a thing I can't watch at home type of attraction
0: hmm.
1: alright I guess we should probably wrap this up yeah before I before I start talking about Ninja Turtles
0: now, let's stick to the better of the theme songs <laughs> <laughs> yes sorry yeah Nostalgia, nostalgia. I need to find the box set sometime so I can save it for later for reference.
1: Nice. Well, if you're ever rewatching Ninja Turtles, look up the 2012 show. It's amazing. They, uh, I just watched an episode yesterday with my kids that was a crossover with the original show. Oh no! To the point okay. where, so the the episode starts in like the original show universe. To the point where they have it in, like not widescreen. <laughs>
0: Oh really, two different aspect ratios
1: Yes (laughs) Wow And and then when the the turtles go to the other like the uh, the other dimension with the newer turtles uh, the newer turtles are like making fun of them because they're terrible and don't use their weapons (laughs) Uh, It was just I was like this is obviously for my generation the kids that probably watched this did not get any of these jokes Oh, it was so good
0: and, uh, was it as crazy as the um, with the beat alls the the what with four of the power girls uh, and yeah. the episode was one ridiculously long sequence of Beatles references <laughs> to the point where um, I, I thought I saw this one re- um, replayed several times but one time it was rerun with a counter in the corner um, tallying all of the Beatles references as they happened. Wow. It was like 50. That's awesome. And it was a regular it was like yeah I mean we had visual dialogue um, musical dialogue musical set notes everything.
1: That's incredible. So yeah. <laughs> uh, probably not that ridiculous but yeah. That was fun <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, good times all right, yep, uh, so that that's this episode. uh send us questions in the usual place um, I'm wrapping I'm doing the wrap up, but there may be an a amended section of this with me talking to Dave uh depending on because he is traveling today, so I don't know oh, where's,
0: he, where's he going?
1: Uh, he was away for the holidays, and I think he's traveling home tonight. I wasn't going to be home till late, but if he's not home too late, I may record an addendum to this episode. Throw it on at the end. But anyway, you send us questions to the usual place. Um, send us, as we get closer to episode 100, if you have any memories from earlier episodes, or want to dig through the old Q&A to find your favorite old question to re-ask... Uh, I'm actually going to be doing that myself. going to dig up some old questions to bring up on the show. Once we get to 100, uh, that would be cool. And, yeah, thank you people for actually listening to the show. I honestly didn't think we'd make it past, like, episode 20.
0: <laughs> yep, yep.
1: And, yeah, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time.
0: Uh, excuse me, yawning. Okay, bye-bye.
2: Q&A quest again unless wheels failed to hit the button again the button has been hit successfully okay. <laughs> I swear you say that as though you almost like you say that as though the thing that stopped you in the first place was that you had tried and failed somehow it's true it makes me think of like the gag on Futurama where they're launching the garbage rocket oh, yeah. and like Fry misses yes. the button like is yes. that what happened here yes yes Okay, I don't know... Okay. Yes. No. I don't want to contemplate this further.
1: No, it's fine. It's all fine.
2: Everything is fine. Moving on. Yes. Uh, it's time to do the sequel to the last time. where Well, not sequel, the spinoff. Another side, another story, except this time I answer questions, I like guess. It's true. It's true. <laughs> oh, it's damn true. I don't think anyone... I don't think anyone's picking up on that reference every time you make it. Probably not. <laughs> so yeah, uh, obviously
1: scheduling nonsense required us to record this in two parts, by which I little mean ad hoc. travel nonsense, but it's all good.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's sounds now, that's, you know, you if you're hearing a podcast in your ear, that means it worked.
1: It does. Anyway... Um, we're going to revisit the questions we went over before with fresh answers.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, there's not really time for the uh, traditional opening banter. How will we survive? <laughs> okay, we, can, we, can,
1: uh, we got time.
2: We really don't. What um, have
1: you been playing?
2: Uh, mostly Dragon Quest VIII on 3DS because I've been on a train.
1: Well, that's a, that's a good thing to
2: play in the go. I've been killing a lot of Metal King Slimes because I'm broken in the head. Nice. I think my current party is fluctuating somewhere in the mid to late 70s in terms of level. It's it's a thing to do when you're tired. Yeah, <laughs> I've been. Playing... Me, May... oh, go if... ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say maybe maybe don't spend your time getting everyone to level 100 in a Dragon Quest game. It's not worth it. It's not necessary.
1: Yeah, it not sound necessary at all.
2: But what were you about to say? To say I've been playing lots of Starlink, but I already
1: bored Gaijin with that talk, so...
2: Yeah, I'm sure table that... that no. now. I'm sure he has no... I'm sure he has almost no context for what that game is, so... Oh, uh, he kind of did. Huh, I'm surprised they wouldn't expect it to have had yeah. enough penetration to really...
1: Yeah, I went through the toys-to-life aspect and the fact that, hey, Ubisoft was smart enough to say, hey, yeah, you don't actually need the toys to play this thing. You can buy fake toys. Problem for me being, I don't know why, they're just cool. Shh <laughs> But yeah, Star Fox in a proper space simulation game is good times again, instead of one that requires bizarre Wii U controls. Uh, but yeah, should we jump into some of these questions? I suppose if we must. From Budai, if you could only have one at the sake of the other, would you take Dragon Quest Builders 2 or the new Monsters game?
2: Probably Builders 2. yeah. That was, I think there's more meat on those bones.
1: Yeah, that was my choice as well. We've gotten lots of the monster stuff. Uh, I think there's a lot of room for Dranquist builders to grow, particularly because being a Minecraft clone, uh, there's kind of a lot you can do there.
2: It's a relatively underexplored space, as opposed to like freaking Pokemon and its ilk, which uh, Pokemon's well over twenty years old, and Dragon Quest has been doing some version of monster taming since five in like nineteen ninety two. So, yeah, I feel like that's more well trodden ground, and they're not going to really change that that much. Right, and from uh, talk to, I think it was
1: uh, somebody on the site did a, um, I think it was Pascal did a review of um, maybe it was somebody else it was Matt, did a review of uh, Joker 3. Yeah, that would be Matt. Uh,
2: Joker 3.
1: Yeah, he did a review of Joker 3. He's another person with a Japanese 3DS. Mm. And I guess most of the monsters in the game are from Dragon Quest 10.
2: That makes sense. That's a good way to just recycle.
1: Yeah, so uh, I think a lot of that might be lost on us in the West, so We're already getting Dragon Quest Builders 2, so the question is kind of already answered, anyway. A little bit. Yeah, so... I wouldn't sacrifice Builders 2. No. Uh, And I would encourage people to go play Joker 2, because that is really good. And probably easily findable for cheap, because no one bought it! Uh, rip. Yes, but let's see what else we got from Budai. Well, that's funny. So I just did a search to try and find the Star Fox Wii U game. Yeah. I'm to see what it's going for. Zero? Me. No, it's going for $13, but the first, when you search for Star Fox, the first result is Starlink.
2: <laughs> well, that makes sense. That's a game on a system people own. Um, yeah. I was going to say by zero, I didn't mean its price. I meant that's its name. Uh, yes. <laughs> <Right>. Great job. <laughs> right. Professional podcasters. Oh
1: god! Actually, I do. I do want to give that game a fair shot because it's made by Platinum. Uh, the one time I tried it, it was. Um,
2: it controls interestingly. <laughs> that's, uh, that's an
1: interesting way to put it.
2: I'm a diplomatic man.
1: Yeah. It controls like um, you know you're holding a bus, not a bus. You're holding a fridge in your hands and trying to steer through space. So.
2: Just like a real R-wing. God, I hope that's not what yeah. a real R-wing would be like. I appreciate the concept that you're willing to contemplate the idea of a real R-Wing. Yeah. So how many R-Wing toys do you own now? Just the one. You're sure? Have
1: there been other ones?
2: No. No, I think, uh, actually Zero might have had an R-Wing, uh, Amiibo. Uh,
1: okay.
2: It's possible.
1: Uh... Let's see. Next question from Budai is: Name a game or two that you really want to replay but haven't.
2: Do I have to just list two? It's a long list, buddy.
1: Yeah, try it's and narrow. It's a very long list. Try and narrow it down to just two,
2: if possible. Uh, okay, let's go with something that I'm constantly begging for another port of uh, Persona Five. Nice. I want, to fan- I want to replay that um, Some of us need to play through that once Yeah, some of us need that Switch port more than others I suppose uh, Like There's a bunch of stuff that it's just like oh, If I had time I would go back and replay this I don't have time It's all do- gone, all circle in the drain I kind of want to replay All those Ace Attorney games because I love them all let's, mm. let's go with 6 is the one that I particularly want to replay Because I've only finished it once and it's really good Nice. What about you? What did
1: you list? I need to hear your list. It was most Final Fantasy ten and then twelve were kind of the big ones.
2: Oh, you'll have an, you'll have a reason to on Switch. Yeah, that's
1: kinda of what I'm waiting for. Got it on PS four and never really found the time and now with the Switch version coming it's like, um
2: Yeah. I felt kinda of foolish picking up the PS four version when the Switch version got announced, but oh well. Wouldn't be the dumbest thing I've ever yeah,
1: done. I mean, I did ask the directors if it was coming to Switch. And they didn't say no, so they weren't lying. Okay, yes, they did technically didn't say no. They gave the, we're focusing on the PlayStation right now, yada yada. And at the time,
2: they probably were.
1: Yeah. Damn it. You're Soon still- enough, you'll even be able to get it on the X-Bone.
2: I don't. I don't feel like there's a huge audience that was clamoring for it on Xbone that didn't. That wasn't willing to buy it on PS4. But I mean, I'm glad that they'll be able to. Yeah.
1: I mean, the Xbone is
2: quickly becoming my
1: retro system anyway. So. Could just play everything
2: on. There. Yeah. I should check the this month's Switch downloads. The Switch NES library. Uh, yeah it reminds me I need to just buy a year
1: of the online I keep getting charged the monthly fee and keep thinking I, just, I should really I just, just buy a year of that <laughs> I just, I just 20
2: bucks. family plan it was great oh god damn we had Even like we got, a bunch of, we got a bunch of people together and it's like oh you know all of us will pay like four dollars <laughs> and so now I have a fake internet dad. <laughs> Oh, so the other game
1: I've been wanting to replay is Final Fantasy XIII, which is obviously a very hard game to replay. How about you put that on slow. PS4, x and
2: Switch? Well, we got it on X-Bone, technically. Okay, how about you put that officially on PS4, X-Bone, and Switch? There you go. You cowards. I, I like how that's the appendation, <laughs> that is traditional following any sort of, like... Uh, any, any sort of like request for a Switch port is like the the subtle under the unsubtle undercurrent that the only thing that would stop them is abject cowardice
1: <laughs> 13 would be good on Switch I mean you got save points uh, every force five feet down the corridor
2: you... force panic button to do it you cowards <laughs> if you don't know who panic button are You should look. you should look it up they've done a lot of very impressive ports yeah Doom, and Wolfenstein Two, and New Doom, and Warframe. They're probably very tired. They're kind of they're kind of the the Switch Wunderkins in terms of what they of what they manage. And I still love the story from when, like the war like one of the Warframe developers tweeted about how Panic Button, while optimizing, had fixed some piece of code of his own that he considered garbage and made it better for all of the consoles. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's awesome. I should see if I can find his exact statement. It's pretty amusing, actually.
1: Especially, but... is a pretty powerful little console. People don't give it enough credit.
2: And also, there is like an actual industry of developers that are devoted to doing these kinds of ports now that didn't exist when a lot of previous consoles that would have been considered below the curve existed. Yeah. I mean, like... Who's the company that did the Diablo 3 port? Because they apparently did a very good job as well. Uh, not sure. I remember it started with a V, I think. Um, Not Vicarious Visions, was it? No, no. Okay. I don't remember that. Panic Button performance improvements for upcoming Switch Warframe makes all versions of Warframe faster, around 1 plus millisecond saved on... Xbox One, PS4 is a serious improvement. They fixed my crappy critical section sync between visibility jobs. <laughs> Which is to say that it went from uh, taking nearly 4 milliseconds to do that every frame to uh, 2.8 milliseconds every frame. Huh. Which is, given how often that's happening, really, really big as far as improvements go. Iron Galaxy. Oh, it's Iron Galaxy. I must yeah. be famous. Yeah, Iron Galaxy does a lot of stuff like that. They're very good at that as well. They did the uh, Skyrim on Switch as well. They did. They did Vita Borderlands 2, Well, that which was despite, an impressive piece of work. <laughs> to say, despite the issues, that was pretty damn impressive. Yeah, pretty much. They, uh, they like they certainly deserve credit for what they managed with it. Quick look at some of the other ports they did.
1: Street Third Strike Online Edition.
2: Oh yeah, that's a really good version. Back to
1: the Future the game on Wii, we'll just give them a,
2: a buy on that one. What, is that a particularly bad one? That one's just the Telltale game. Yeah, it was a bad port. The Telltale tool generally ran pretty poorly on Wii, so I don't blame them too much. Okay. I think they were also involved in uh, Killer Instinct on X-Bone, which wasn't a port, but I mean like yeah. they were involved in it, and it's a technically solid game. And uh, Oh, what was the other thing? Divekick. Divekick and its sequel dive... Well, its expansion, Divekick Edition Edition.
1: Huh. They worked on the 360 and PS3 versions of Destiny.
2: Huh. I presume those were Solid ports. They probably were. Yeah. They're probably fine.
1: And they worked on the Borderlands Handsome Collection.
2: Yeah, they they're definitely of this kind of production. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice that we have companies that are good at that and do that. It's nice that there's a place that I will have time to play Doom Eternal. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me, I finally saw the the first
1: Doom on sale on the eShop for like 30 bucks.
2: Nice, that's you know, worth buying.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't have the cash for it, unfortunately. It's the uh, first time I've seen that. Well, I'm, if it's still on sale later this week, which I don't yeah I mean the fact that that's still going in sixty dollars like I'm pretty sure in stores it's still sixty dollars is impressive considering it's 20 bucks
2: on other consoles. yeah pretty much well it's, it's a really really convenient way to play the game yeah, not gonna lie. <laughs> okay Can but we yeah switch it up oh I am keeping my language on blue despite the temptation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one's from Shaman In light of the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad motion controls in Twee Final Remix Docs, and Pokemon Let's Go Both Is there an example of a good RPG with motion controls? Well, I would admit I dispute this characterization I will not disengage with the premise of the question uh, and say the last story for the Wii That's a good choice Mine was
1: Skyward Sword, if we consider that an RPG. I'd say that
2: has more RPG elements than a typical Zelda game. Yeah. Uh, what's the thing I was going to say? That reminds me of... Uh, oh, this, this was a thing that just broke on Polygon today, which was like a profile on Ken Kutaragi based on anecdotes they could get from people who worked with him. And it shed some light on a question that had always kind of existed but I'd never really thought there was much of an answer to which was uh, so Mistwalker Hironobu Sakaguchi's company you would expect would have had a reasonably close relationship with Sony given the relationship Square had with Sony. Right. And there wasn't really any, like, I don't think Mistwalker ever made a PlayStation game, which is what makes this strange. So, uh, one of the anecdotes that's related in this Polygon article is Mistwalker founder Hironobu Sakaguchi says that Ken Kutaragi uh, in a meeting with him in the mid-2000s uh, blew up at him in a discussion in the mid-2000s, noting that he plans to take the details of that conversation to his grave. Huh. Which leads me to wonder if there was some discussion at some point that's, that soured at some stage. Huh. It was just an interesting story to me. That's actually a really good article and has some, uh, some glowing stories, some uh, stories I wouldn't be proud of to have related about me. <laughs> the phrase, like Steve Jobs, shows up a lot, which says a lot of things, both positive and negative. Yeah... I did really appreciate this uh, anecdote about the PSP though during the period when we were launching PlayStation uh, I won't I'll summarize this because it's actually a long anecdote but basically uh, Kutaragi uh, they they were preparing the PSP for launch on uh, in, in Europe and Kutaragi, a month before it goes, goes out demands that it have headphones included and that <laughs> actually, so they start doing that, but like they realize that sending it for certification in Europe, it's going to have like issues because it can output uh, sound at high enough decibels that uh, European certification is going to say like that it needs to pe- like it, it it can't go that way because it can output uh, sound to such an extent that it could cause problems. So uh, various people start pitching, uh, ha- like, start shunting responsibility to each other about who has to come to Kutaragi and say, uh, we can't do this. Like, we literally legally will not be allowed to release it this way. And so, like, the original plan had been we will sell official headphones as an accessory. And, the, like, if they do that, it becomes like, oh, well, you're the consumer is legally allowed to buy whatever they want, like whatever headphones they want, and damage their ears however much they want to, if they so choose, because it's a consumer option rather than something that comes with it. So that's hmm. the thing that the. And so he goes to uh, talk to Kutaragi about it. Like the guy relating the story he goes to talk to Kutaragi about it. And uh, he's like, okay, this like European law is not going to allow this. And Kudaragi responds with, "You have to, you have to go to Europe and you have to convince them to change the law." <laughs> and he's like, "There's only, I know there's only a month. You have to do it within the month." And he's like, "They took nine years to pass this law. I don't think it's going to happen. You have to do it. You have to do it." And then he like also he goes off on this tangent about how like legally for uh, shipping and customs pur- purposes it was classified as a toy rather than technology. And he's like, "You have to go to Brussels and you have to tell them that it's not a toy." You have to change the classification (laughs) with uh, before next month, and he's like, and like, he just sort of says, "Okay, okay, Ken, I'll see what I can do." And then someone else gets in Ken's ear and explains to him the uh, like he had suggested, the uh, like we could just sell the headphones separately. And Ken's like, "No, we have to change the law." And then like later that afternoon, Ken comes back to him and he's like, "I've had a brilliant idea." we'll sell the headphones as an accessory and get around the law. (laughs) And the guy's just like, I wasn't going to contradict him. I just said, yeah, that's a great idea, Ken. We'll do that. (laughs) And it was just like, in case you ever wondered why Ken Kutaragi was giving these insane spaceman comments in 2005 about the PSP, that's the kind of mindset that he had at the time. Yikes. (laughs) It was illuminating, and like... The person relating that story was like, "Yeah, Ken's a good friend. I like Ken," but it was just like, Yeah. <laughs> "I would hope that no no one that considers me a friend ever relates a story that sounds like that." Boy, <laughs> okay. yeah, that's a lot of. They're all pretty interesting. They're all they're all pretty weird insights. There's one where like. Uh, during Kudragi's rise in the company when he was being considered to, as like a possible future CEO of Sony, like a journalist asks the current CEO like where his star is in the company and the guy goes into like this weird fugue state and just starts rambling about how like yes, yes, I'm considering moving him up we'll see if he can make it, we'll see if he can it's just really strange, like his interpreter is just staring at him wondering why he's rambling about this, all these internal company plans to a journalist <laughs> but just ask a simple question it's a really one of many very strange stories in this article, although one of the only ones that doesn't technically involve Kudaraki directly. But yeah. Worth worth uh reading. It's a polygon uh, uh it's one up today. I'm definitely gonna have to read that. It sounds amazing. It's uh it's a trip. <laughs> They almost didn't... Uh, oh, that was another good a- anecdote. They almost didn't call it the PlayStation. Like, the, they got the uh, go-ahead to make the PlayStation project from Oga. and But Oga still had to pitch it to the higher-up that would actually decide it. And the higher-up was like, yeah, I like it, but I don't like the name PlayStation. And this was already after they had started filing trademarks for some reason, which was an impressive choice. But essentially, they they put their heads together. They start trying to think of a new name, and no one ever comes up with anything. <laughs> but by the time, but by the time they have to start presenting something, the frickin' head of the company has a stroke. Oh, dear. and never comes back to work. Uh... So it just becomes like, well, Oka is ma- is uh, is the manager while this guy's out, and Oka is fine with the name PlayStation. So. Its, its name is PlayStation. <laughs> but it's one of those things that's like, that is a horrifying bit of serendipity. But yeah, great article. A lot of good stories in there. If you care at all about uh, video game history at all, like it's absolutely worth your time. Hey, we'll be checking that out for sure. Yeah. Like, like, it has a lot of motion control games. Like, I mean, like even look at something like Xenoblade on we it doesn't use the motion controls it doesn't even use the pointer I don't think no didn't and like
1: this, I think it was originally released in Europe with a uh, classic control with a pro, pro. pro
2: yeah like it was just one of those but like you could play it with the Wiimote and nunchuck but there even if you do there's no motion controls in that game it's... oh wait we forgot about the best motion controls in any game this isn't really controls but it is great. Uh, the Pokemon that only evolves when you hold the 3DS upside down. Is that for real? <laughs> yeah, that's real. Well, which game is that? I think that's an X and Y. I uh. see. Uh, it's the Pokemon is Inke. Uh It evolves into Malamar. Uh, starting, it evolves from Inke starting at level 30 when leveled up while the Nintendo 3DS system is held upside down and it is yeah it's a Gen 6 X and Y uh, Pokemon that's that's a quality use of motion controls but uh, calls to mind a very bad old Nintendo uh, April Fool's joke about evolving Lickitung into a Luigi don't think too hard about that (laughs) don't let Luigi be a Pokemon Luigi too no no (laughs) hmm okay I think we should probably hit the last question Oh, one of these is hard. Let's do it. Uh, us see. Uh, favorite Castlevania. Lords of Shadow. You don't even believe that. Um, no, I,
1: I already made this joke in the first
2: half of the I episode, too. I figured. I think you expected a stronger reaction out of me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, if you had said Mirror of Fate, I might have bitten your head off. but Let's see. For, like This is like choosing my favorite child. And I'm going to have to, like... I'm going to give several and qualify all of them. So Classic Mania... you got to pick nope. one. You have to pick too
1: one. Bad. No, too bad. Okay, listen listen to me. Here's the situation, okay? All of your favorite Castlevanias are hanging off the edge of a cliff. Uh, what? That, that is slowly eroding away. It's just the source code of them? Or are these the last <laughs> copies? Yes, the last copies. Or, or this, whatever. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> you can only, you only have time to save one and the cliff is over um a sea of acid so you cannot there's no way to go and recover like this if some terrible. of if some of these are the DS games no the cart will be dissolved when it hits the water below or the acid below so you must
2: choose one. <laughs> uh, uh I'm only allowed one total uh, uh I was hoping I could at least have one metroidvania and one Re- uh, classicvania. Um
1: we could split it up like that. That's more interesting.
2: Okay, I guess I'll keep Rondo of Blood because seriously, Rondo is so good. Yeah. Like it hurts me because like that is the easy, the obvious answer of the Classic Vanias, but it's obvious because it's so good. Like, all the other ones are really good. Well, not all of the other ones, but most of the other ones are really, really good. But it's still... it's Like, Rondo is just so good. Oh, that reminds me. Did you guys... Uh, did you hear any of the uh, leaked music from Smash for Castlevania? Uh, I did not. It's like 15 tracks. They went nuts with it. That's crazy. But, uh... There's a there's a remix of Cross Your Heart slash Crucifix Held Close from uh, Haunted Castle, which is like the best thing about that game. Nice. And now you don't. And now you have yet another reason to not play it and just listen to that track. <laughs> but uh, let's see, but yeah, Rondo of Blood, and let's see, either like Symphony or one of one or the other of Dawn or Aria of Sorrow, depending upon when you asked me. My
1: pick was Symphony, not necessarily because I think it has the best gameplay of the Met-
2: Metroidvanias, but because of the presentation. It really is just like... Aria and or Dawn, depending upon when you ask, I would say are tighter constructed experiences, but Symphony is such a gloriously excessive game. Yeah. There's so much stuff in there that's just in there to be there. And
1: the high quality music oh, and man. the gloriously
2: bad voice acting. Yeah, you keep that. You give me that original voice acting, which is much more fun.
1: You can play that. You can play the original terrible voice acting on X Bone.
2: Yeah, that's. I mean, the X-Bone version is the preferred speed. It's preferred speedrun version. Nice.
1: Yeah, like I said, the X-Bone is really becoming like a nice retro console. Yeah. You got the backwards compatibility, um, plus all the. Retro collections that come out on every system are there. Yeah, it's nice. It's very nice. I can play Sonic Generations there, which is awesome.
2: Everybody Super Sonic Rangers.
1: And I can play Lords of Shadow.
2: And two out of the three Final Fantasy 13 games. <laughs> is is one of them just not compatible, or is that you just making a choice? Uh, it is not compatible by choice. <laughs> That doesn't mean it's not compatible. That's just the yes. one that you're not playing. Yes, I'm gonna play it. Coward. I'm not a coward, I'm gonna play it. Gonna do you're it. such a coward you won't stick to your convictions. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I I mean I could I could I have an educated opinion on every single player Castlevania game because I've finished all of them. <laughs> like the only ones I haven't finished are things that are like specifically bad ports of normal games so like Castlevania DOS I haven't done but like I played every version with distinct level designs of every one of those games don't play so like I can give you a long list of like well don't play Legends don't play the adventure probably don't play Haunted Castle unless you hate yourself uh the rest of them pretty pretty fair game uh Like, but, I mean, like, I could give you a tier list of them, uh, you know. I don't think
1: 2 has aged very well.
2: But 2 is a really interesting game, and so... No, it is, it is. The other thing about it is that the most inscrutable elements of 2, you probably already know about. True. Because the game does have a consistent vocabulary of, like, this idea of, uh, when you reach certain places you kneel down in front of them while holding a crystal.
1: Mm.
2: And that's how you progress past certain impenetrable places. And all the times you need to do that, you probably already heard of. But, like, I mean, even if you have to play it with a guide, it's worth playing once. It's not top tier, but it is an experience to be had. Please, step into the shadow of the Hell House. I probably caught something from someone on the train. Uh, Okay. Favorite non-square SNES RPG? I almost Dragon forgot, Quest V.
1: Yeah, I almost forgot Earthbound
2: answering this question. Huh. Ah. Dragon Quest Five. It's a good choice. Not that I play the SNES version of that, but... Yeah, it still
1: counts. The other picks I had were Illusion of Gaia. I don't know, my brain
2: is losing losing power. Uh, there's, there's a lot of... Like, Annex ends up taking up a lot of these. Yeah. Um... Star Ocean One is pretty neat. Uh, I was a, I was a, I started thinking in terms of like sixteen bit ones and was about to mention uh, stuff like Fantasy Star Four, but that's not really that's not really Super Nintendo. No, as it turns out. Um, but yeah, like Enix takes takes a lot of these. If you're just disallowing Square, yeah.
1: Have you uh, played the Terrible Lord? of
2: uh, not for more than five minutes in an emulator. Okay. I appreciate that it's called Lord of the Rings Volume 1, but there was never a Volume 2. For good reasons. Aren't you going to go help Sam find the gaffer's glasses? Oh, God.
1: <laughs> no, I'm going to go kill a ring Wraith because you can just sit there and, like, stun lock the thing.
2: Yeah, but there's also an equal chance that you'll get stunlocked and then eaten by, like, a badger. True. It's a really awful game. Yeah, it's buggy and know, terrible. It calls itself Volume 1, and I'm very curious where it just stops. Uh, in After... I think it ends in the Mines of Moria. I think you fight Balrog, and that's it. That would be like a six-volume game if you were going to actually just do that much each time. Yep. They're taking the homeboys to laser tag. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure you've uh, had had the pleasure of seeing that Neil Asiraga video yeah I'll send you that later <laughs> But I think that's all the questions we got yep yeah.
1: uh, here we go let's see who made that abomination of a Lord of the Rings game I'm to say
2: it's like Interplay Publish or something
1: yep Interplay
2: Productions I hate that I remember that, that did they develop it internally I presume yeah Interplay was a very 90s... Had nice oh, music. Saying? Supports that up to 8 to players. That can't be correct. <laughs> it says. supports up to 8 players. Imagine getting 7 <laughs> people together with you to play that.
1: Although Legolas cannot do anything but move around and take damage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Someone hated elves.
1: What the fuck? The game progresses through a series of fetch quests.
2: Yes, that is what happens. In which
1: the player must explore vast environments to achieve items relevant to the game's story. These items like are the often characters. simple tri- 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 trinkets that have been misplaced by the game's non player characters. Just like in the books. Like the gaffer's glasses.
2: Ugh. That's as far as anyone got, was like Sam saying, Please, I can't help you save the world. I need to find the gaffer's glasses.
1: Unlike the book, however, the finale of the game is the fight between the Fellowship and the Balrog Creature in the Mines of Moria. The first volume of the book ends significantly later.
2: Yeah, like, because cause Fellowship,
1: all the books that you know of, they're, they don't, they're split into books,
2: and that's not where they split.
1: If a character dies, the death is permanent and the player cannot use them for the rest of the game. Just like, the, just true to canon. It's freaking Terrible. The sequel to The Lord of the Rings Volume 2 is meant to pick up where Part 1 left off, but due to poor sales, no sequel was ever released. We should be happy for for the sanity of all.
2: I've sent you a special YouTube video you can watch after we finish recording.
1: (sighs) But let's wrap this up. Yes, enough about the sordid history of Lord of the Rings games. Oh, which reminds me. I'm sorry. Sorry of uh, Lord of the Rings Born in the North, a game I actually liked and very much (laughs) wanted to review, but I couldn't because of horrible bugs. Because it was
2: unfinishable.
1: Yeah, it was literally unfinishable. Which is, look, as I said, was insanely aggravating because I actually liked the freaking game. (laughs) Gah. Alright, anyway. um, Send us new, fresh questions in the usual way on the comments. Twitter. Yeah, I don't check. the Probably. Forms. You should. Uh, and we are approaching rapidly approaching episode one hundred. So any memories, past questions you want us to re-answer, etc.
2: That I'm just, I'm just gonna have. force you to play the Teen one hundred promotional theme. Oh god. I'm not sure if you ever watched Teen, Doesn't matter. I've watched. I watched a ton of Teen, including the movie. Okay. In good. Uh, movie, movie film for theaters. <laughs>
1: awesome movie maybe
2: a tad too long yeah I don't think Aqua Teen was really meant to last 90 minutes was, no. by, the, by the time you're at the end and no one in the in the movie is pretending they still care <laughs> <laughs> like shake like the most emblematic thing at the end of the Aqua Teen movie is just shake like in the middle of the long explanation of what the hell is going on, Shake vaulting out a window instead of listening. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, yeah, so, you know, get get ready for me to force Wheels to include the 100 song, Aqua Teen, as the opening. Oh, God. That will be fun okay let's uh let's get back and all right you know where to send us messages yeah. see you space cowboys thank you God, the stop button stop <laughs>